Good afternoon. Welcome into Power Mizzou's Yingling Live Show Wednesday afternoon. Today's Cotton Bowl update. Going to bring Gerard Hamilton on from AT&T Stadium here in just a minute. Do want to remind you guys that this show, all our shows all week, all our coverage all week from Dallas, brought to you by our friends and game day partners at Yingling. The Taste of Game Time. You can follow Yingling at Yingling Beer on X and on Instagram. That's going to be scrolling across the bottom of your screen throughout the show. If you are watching live with us on YouTube or if you're watching the replay, if you're listening to the podcast after, again, at Yingling Beer, Y-U-E-N-G-L-I-N-G Beer on Twitter and Instagram. I uh, want to invite all you guys to join us on uh, on Thursday night, subscribers. Join us on Thursday night at our predetermined secret location, 630 to 934 a powermazoo.com gathering. When I say join us, I mean join Gerard because I am in Columbia, Missouri. But Gerard is on your screen and in North Texas, and he will entertain you and answer every Mizzou football question you've ever had for three hours on Thursday night if you buy him food. That's how that works. Absolutely. You buy me something, something to smash on real quick. I'm all you. <laughs> All yours. All right. So uh, day two of, uh, of well, really day three of media things. Day two for the time that most of us have been there down in Dallas. Um, Missouri defense and Blake Baker, um, Ohio State offense and offensive coordinator Brian Hartline today. Uh, did you see anything off the top jump out that, like, we've got to talk about before we talk about anything else? Uh not too many surprises, you know. If y'all been subbed uh, for a minute, every anything that seems noteworthy has probably been said over the last few weeks. We got some confirmations on a couple things, but uh, today was to me it felt like a much better uh, media day. Not that yesterday was terrible, but uh, Gabe will tell you my my Luther Burden story. I was not happy, <laughs> wasn't as happy writing that story as I am uh, about the one I'm writing right now about Kirby Moore and. Blake Baker and why they uh, you know signed those contract extensions. So uh, the, the the only real news, and again we kind of knew this, um, but the the news out of today, and want to invite you guys like, comment, uh, share, subscribe, do all those things. If you got questions, throw them in the queue. We'll get to them. We're gonna hang out here with Gerard for 30, 40 minutes probably. Um, but the the only newsy thing that I've seen today was Ohio State running back Travion Henderson and tight end Cade Stover did confirm they are playing on Friday night. Um, Stover not a hundred percent healthy. That you know he may not. He he even said he may not be full speed. Travion Henderson's a big deal simply because like they now have two scholarship running backs on the on the team. Uh, the only one they had before this was uh, was I think uh, Dallin Hayden. Yeah, um, Travion. That's a that's a big thing. He looked he looked he looked pretty good the last couple of He's days. Um, yeah. What's his name? Uh, Coach Hartline was talking about just he, he looks fast. Somebody asked Travion, "Is this the fastest you've been all year?" And he's just like, "Nah, there's more to it." But I'm cool. <laughs> I'm cool today. Basically, um, those were yeah. It was kind of questionable for K. We was told you know. Uh, a week. I don't remember if it was Austin or Cameron who came on, but one of them said Cade didn't look like he was going to be playing. Um, he seemed good. Tommy Eichenberg, the linebacker, uh, Big Ten linebacker of the year, he seems. 
I don't know, like a true questionable because mm -hmm. he dressed out, but he didn't have pads on, um, which I, I didn't know. I seen him put his helmet on and stretch and do all that stuff. Unlike Marvin Harrison, who was kind of like, you know, back where we stand, where the media is standing, he was kind of back a little bit, but seen Tommy warming up, but he didn't really participate too much after that. Um, that's another thing, but um, yeah, there, there's that. And then the thing about Jalen Carlisle that, uh, that, that Blake just, Blake just said he he kind of let it slip because I don't feel like JC has said it yet himself, but it's something we've said to you guys for a minute. He said, JC is a physical specimen. I can't wait to see what he does in the NFL next year, but I'm looking forward to what he does on Friday. So um, we've expected that, but Blake kind of let it let it slip a little bit. Yeah, early. yeah, and and he does have another year if he wants it, which is. Kind of crazy to me. I feel like JC's been in Missouri for like eight years, man. But uh would have another year if he wanted to use it. But uh one of those guys that that we've been expecting all along. Hey, he wants to go take his shot. Um, before we get into some of this, I mean, I I think you pay a little more attention to the draft and NFL stuff than I do. Um, uh, I don't know. Day three pick for Carlisle? Can the physical tools yeah, uh physical tools and a and a you know, great pro day and uh, combine. If that if he gets one of those invites, you know that that can help. Um, it just seems like for the you know last couple of years, every time there's something about what he can improve on, it's more just so about where his eyes needs to be. Because you know he can make the plays physically, but you've got to know where you're supposed to be at uh, coverage wise. You got to know what you're looking for sometimes. And every time we talk to Drink, it's just kind of always just like ah, you know. Eyes don't, they're not where they need to be. But that's something I feel like can be corrected. But as far as the draft, yeah, day three, you know, maybe a priority, one of one of the priority free uh, undrafted free agents, which in some sense is better. Uh, if you're, you know, picked in the sixth or seventh round, you may want to be a priority you know, UDFA. Yeah. Carlisle is a guy that, like, literally since his freshman year, coaches here have told me, like, hey, he's, he's an NFL guy. And he's clearly got the size and the speed. I feel like the production sometimes hasn't it, – it's it's really consistency, right? Because he can make some splash plays. I mean, you watch him sometimes and you're like, oh, that's – yeah, now I see it. It's mm -hmm. just not there all the time. So, I. but look, NFL people fall in love with the tools and all that. So, um, right. we'll uh, – and Isaiah Dysart is saying unrelated, but Christian Williams coming back in has said that in an Instagram live. Yeah, we had, had reported that. Shoot, I feel like three or four months ago, I, I tried to get Christian to say it out loud. He he didn't because all these guys, they got to have the they got to have the graphic, man. They got to put the yeah. graphic on Instagram. Yeah, I just asked. I asked him, and Christian kind of he didn't give it away, but he kind of helped me answer it, even if I didn't know. Um, but I asked Christian, I was like, I'm pretty sure you haven't announced that you're, you know, what you're going to do. And he was like, no, nah, I haven't. But I said, how much is Blake Baker signing that extension? How much did that factor into your decision? And he was just like, basically it factored in a lot and it made my decision a lot easier. That's what he said. So if you didn't know. So, all so unless it means he hates Blake Baker and he's going pro, yeah, we uh, have yeah. our answer on that one. Yeah. He hates the guy who started him like 10 game and 10 games in this defensive line or um, he's going right. to come back. So. There's kind right, of so, so yesterday we talked quite a bit about Mizzou's offense facing Ohio State's defense because that was who you talked to yesterday. So we're going to kind of flip it today and, and go the other way when Ohio State has the ball. And, and we'll just start it with this. We're talking Trevion Henderson. Uh, Jared says, see the best running back Mizzou has faced this season. I mean, I can't remember the kid's name. It, you know, Tennessee had three guys 
who we yeah, thought were great. They did absolutely nothing. Georgia had a couple guys who are, you know, good backs, maybe not quite what we've gotten used to from Georgia. I've seen Travion Henderson, and two years ago, I would have said absolutely he's the best back Missouri has sure. faced this year. He hasn't been quite the same guy for the last two years. Yeah, um, best back, maybe a name. Uh, and, and Ray, and Jared Ray brings Davis. up Ray Davis. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was going to say Ray Davis, um, although after his first quarter, it's pretty much shut out the rest of the game. But he um, had a good year. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Um, the LSU guy, I can't. Slip in my mind, but I'm pretty sure he had a. I want to say he, he may have had over 100 yards yeah, that game. Sure. Uh, I can't think of his name right now, but Trey, you know, Trey Beyond's he's up there for sure. And if he's pretty healthy, like even if he's like 85 percent, 90 percent, he's he's a problem. So, uh, he, he, yeah, he's an NFL guy, he is a big dude. So, his true freshman year, he played in all 13 games, it was 2021. 184 carries, 1,255 yards, 15 exactly. touchdowns. Like, I remember it, there were some people talking after that freshman year that going into 2022, he was a he was a Heisman candidate. Well, oh. he only played eight games his sophomore year. Yeah. 107 carries, 571 yards. That's 534 a carry, six touchdowns. And then this year, he's played nine games, 137 for 854 and 11 touchdowns, 6.2 a carry. So, I mean – if you look over the course of his career, he's about 6.2 yards a carry. And he is like, I don't know what he's listed at. I, I would guess he's 225, 230. Like he's a big dude. Yeah. Um he my thing is he's he's so fast, but like you said, he's he's a big guy. Um, so you know, once he once he gets moving, it's gonna be hard to to take him down. Um this also kind of reminds me of – so yesterday on the pod I was telling you guys, <laughs> I, I said I would still pick Missouri, but I was just giving you some things to think of. Um, I was talking to some Ohio State beat writers today. Well, I promise none of them are picking Missouri. No, no. But um, some things to think about. So, for like example, Travion Henderson, big thing Missouri's going to have to be able to do, they've got to wrap him up. And when they get in the backfield like they've been you know, good at doing – They've got to stop him there. Can't let him get by and even get a couple yards of positive yardage. Um, the Ohio State guys have been just telling me how they're they're really good at tackling. And it, I know when we talk, especially when it comes to bowl season, we're talking about the Cotton Bowl. We're talking about fundamentals and all that. But what I've gathered today is Ohio State's defense, it's not that they do anything super crazy, but they have usually better athletes than most teams, and they can do all the basic and fundamental stuff well which forces other teams to not do well. So Ohio State doesn't get many sacks, but they can force pressures. And when you're when the quarterback is pressured, he's throwing it short. They don't give up many deep plays. I think Cam told me they only allowed one play over 40 yards or something like that all season. And it was like some trickeration quarterback sneaks the ball to the running back under his legs or something weird. And they don't let those things type those type of things happen. So they're good at tackling. They're good at, you know, um, just saying, hey, this is your guy or this is this is the group you guys have to focus on. Everybody do their jobs and they're all good at doing what you know Drink says, doing their 111. So uh, things like that, they don't it doesn't seem complex, but it's it's going to play a factor, you know, on Friday. Yeah, I looked up Henderson, only 5'10", but he weighs 212 pounds. I mean, he's, he's a bowling ball type of kid. Absolutely. He, uh, 
He had 854 yards this season, 518 after contact, 3.78 yards per carry after contact. Um, <laughs> so, I, you know, I mean, that's that's 3.8 yards a carry after somebody hits him. I'm trying to look up, uh, you oh, know, yeah. how many missed tackles forced. 26 forced missed tackles on 155 carries. Um, you know, so, so like you said, the, the key is, hey, if the first guy can't maybe bring him down all by himself, then the the second guy has to get there real quickly. Now to to compare those numbers to to Cody Schrader, like I said, twenty six forced missed tackles forced by Travion Henderson on a hundred and I don't know twenty some odd carries. Cody Schrader forced forty five missed tackles this season. However, Cody averaged three point one eight yards after contact. So Henderson gets a little got a little bit more out of it after he made a guy miss but i mean he's look i don't know if he's the best back in missouri's face but he he's in the he's in the group picture for sure for sure um he's him and emeka those you know with marvin likely not playing those guys they they get their production up even more than it already is you know when he is in the lineup so they're probably going to get a, a heavy dose of, of those two so and, and that's I mean, you'd get a heavy dose probably of Henderson anyway, but you're talking about a team without two of its top three receivers and without its starting quarterback. Like, Ohio State can't win this game if they don't run the ball, I don't think, right? Like, I, I don't think we foresee Devin Brown coming out and throwing for 300 yards in this game, do we? No, um, but what I got from Hartline, what I got from Henderson, um, I got from Kate uh, Stover, when asked about – Devin Brown and the position he's in this week. I mean, all of them kind of said the same thing with the same face. Um, he's ready. Like they're they're not even a little bit. And I know you would say, oh, this coach speak or this play speak. Of course they're and yeah, part of that is true, but you can kind of tell when, you know, uh we you can just tell how they'll talk them up. And a lot of them were saying, like Kate said, I said, What do you do as a veteran on this team to kind of help a new guy who hasn't played much? He says, To be honest, I shut up. I let him do him because he already knows he's going to do what he's going to do. And he already knows what to do. I don't have to coach him up because as Hartline said, it's not that it's not like he hasn't been a part of the system. It's not like he wasn't, you know, deep in the, uh, the QB battle, you know, to start the year. And he, it's not like he hasn't had any snaps at all. He knows what's going on. Plus they've had this month or whatever to, to get him ready. So Everybody's confident. Devin, he seemed pretty confident. I mean, Devin Brown, he seemed like a, like he seemed like a cool cat. He was just he was just chilling, answering the questions. He, he didn't seem like he had any worry about, you know, what what's going to happen on Friday. Well, and let's be clear here: we're not talking about some kid, you know, that that like nobody's ever heard of. Devin Brown in the class of 2022. So this is his second year on campus. He's a redshirt freshman, signed with Ohio State as the number one player in the state of Utah, which might not be that big a deal, the number four quarterback in the country, and the number 37 overall prospect. So, like, this is I'm not just back. some – yeah, this is not so, – he was he was basically six spots away from being a five-star. This is not like some – you know, this isn't Florida State throwing a, a, a three-star who, who, like, nobody has had so much expectation of out there. I, I think a lot of people – maybe thought Devin Brown would win the starting quarterback job at the beginning of this year. That's without saying it 
and obviously without me not knowing much about it, it seems like one of those situations where if this is your backup and now he has to play, no one's like, oh, no, we can't. Like, for example, if they was in Florida State's situation and they were top five, they'd absolutely be pounding the table like, no, 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 he's good. Like, they wouldn't have had the same worries. Um, So there's that. And then also on top of that, the receivers he's going to be throwing to, um, Carnell Tate and Brandon Ennis, five-star guys coming off the bench. He probably has tons of reps with those, you know, guys who are typically second, you know, second string guys. Carnell Tate, he played some. um, And everybody from Marvin Harrison, you know, he said, you know, a few weeks ago or early in the season or something like that, like he's better entering his freshman year than Marvin was entering his sophomore year, which was last year, I think, when he broke out and had like all those catches and stuff like that. So everybody's high on Carnell. Everybody's like, Brandon, he hasn't had much of an opportunity yet, but he has one reception for like a 50-yard touchdown this year. So yeah. they've got chemistry. And, and I think I, – I do think the one thing we're selling short here is the Ohio State offense because, look, we've gotten used to – Going back to, you know, Troy Smith, JT Barrett, uh, CJ Stroud. Like, I know I'm skipping over some guys, but you see Justin Fields, one Mm -hmm. after the other. And and I I understand they haven't been great in the NFL. I don't really, until CJ Stroud, I don't really care if they're good in the NFL because I I don't care. Like, if they're good in college, they're good in college. Like, what they do in the NFL doesn't impact Ohio State. So, Ohio State has had such ridiculous offenses throughout the years that now we're kind of looking down on a team that their quarterback threw for three. I mean, as a team, they threw for 3,400 yards, 26 touchdowns, and seven interceptions. They averaged 32.8 points a game this year. I mean, this is a this is a good offense, you know, and and I do think maybe we fall in a little bit into ah they're in the Big Ten and a lot. I, like I think we think this offense is only Marvin Harrison, and that's not the case. A lot of people think it's just uh, Marvin Harrison. A lot of people think it's the Big Ten schedule, and why that has credence. Telling you, it doesn't matter as much. Like it matters, but it's not as much as everybody's saying it is because you have to be consistent for you know 11, 12 weeks to do put up some of these stats they're putting up. And, and like the Big Ten schedule, that impacts the defense more. The defense of them, like that, might pump up the defense because there's no offenses in the Big Ten. But they're, they're good defense. They play good defense in the Big Ten, and and Ohio State's out. You know, 32 points a game is is uh, is nothing to sneeze at. Certainly, Missouri this year is 34.1 a game, and we are we're doing backflips about Missouri's defense, exactly. their offense. So I, I'm not sure. And I include myself in this. I think maybe we have undersold Ohio State's offense leading into this game. Absolutely. Because I, you would think with a backup quarterback in your – I'm trying to think. Because if he's a Heisman finalist, was Justin Fields a Heisman finalist at some point? I feel like he – should have been he was in the running i i don't know if he was a finalist or not but he definitely had some buzz so you've got your first heisman finalist and i don't know how long you know a few i guess it can't be that long with ohio state but you know what i'm saying well i mean cj cj stroud oh yeah i'm tripping tripping. but yeah you got one of those type guys who are not who's not playing you got a backup quarterback you got a couple others you know a starter and another key reserve not playing never seeing a team basically be like "Mm, everybody else is playing though and everybody else on Everybody else on our strength of the ball, which is defense, is playing for the most part. That seems to be kind of what they're like. Mm, 
y'all can underestimate if you want. I noticed something uh, today, and I took some, <laughs> took some pictures. So doing Ohio State media, I noticed everybody had same red jumpsuit on and black Air Forces. Now, if you know what that means, the black Air Force energy, it just means they standing on business. <laughs> standing on business, Gabe. They, they're ready. Okay. Uh, I was told that, you know, something they may do uh, when they come out on Friday is maybe whatever they're wearing, they all got their black Air Forces, meaning, you know, they're ready to uh, to get physical. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, I am... We're not speaking my language here. With the, nah, with the I, I'm hip. I'm hip, Gabe, and I'm I'm gonna make sure I find an example to let you know. Okay. <laughs> okay. They mean they they want to fight these guys on the football field. So so you talked. Uh, we we've, we've talked a lot about Ohio State's offense, but you talked to Mizzou's defensive players today and Blake Baker. Like, what are they? What are they saying going into this? Other than look, Ohio State balanced team. Fast, strong, physical, tough, all, all that. I mean, we know that, right? But did they say anything that actually is in any way interesting? Well, I'll tell you what I was doing because I'm sure maybe somebody else has got that. I'm going to tell you what I was mostly doing during this. And it's a split period. We got coach and then we got players kind of going at the same time. So you kind of got to choose your time. Uh, I spent most of my time with with uh, Blake Baker just because this is the third time we've got him this year. He just signed the contract extension. I had plenty of questions for Blake, um, and I'll get into get in that in a second. But as far as what the players said, and I only really got to talk to Christian Williams because again, I was uh, talking to Blake. I mean, they've all said the same thing since Kyle McCord has left, and it's just like, well, he doesn't have many reps on film that we can look at, and it's not so much about what they're doing; it's about what we can control, which is the same thing. Ohio State's defense said, even though they know who's going to play for Missouri. So not too much uh, uh, as far as game plan wise. And it's been like this the whole week. Like no one's really saying much. I try to ask Hartline about uh, like KAD. I mean, if you're not going to have Marvin Harrison play and you've got two five stars guys coming off the bench, but they haven't got as many reps. How, how is that playing against him? We're having a Mecca Ekbuka uh, go against him. And Brian gave me the I don't want to say what he does well because I don't want to point out anything. And the thing is, when you ask certain coaches, some coaches will be like, well, I'm going to I don't mind telling you because we have to stop it anyway. We know what's coming to others. Because right, it's pretty obvious what he does well. Watch him play. Missouri knows what he does well. Yeah. Yeah. So whatever. But all they said is they expect a lot of man coverage. Uh, um, they know there's going to be some simulated pressures and blitzes and stuff for Devin, but nothing crazy on either side about what's going to happen. Do you think that changes within a Drake straw out? Is Missouri less likely to just go man on man? Are they less likely? No. Less likely, yeah. It, with 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 Drayden Norwood playing in a Drake straw's spot, will we see less man to man than we would have if Ennis is playing this game? No, and I think you probably can cancel it out and say they don't got Marvin. They they don't have Ennis. Um, yeah, maybe not. The worry is is high now. Um, if Carnell Tate or Brandon Ennis has a game similar to Marvin Harrison in that group in the Rose Bowl a couple of years ago or whatever, then you'll see things switch up, you know, pretty quickly. But Missouri's comfortable with Drayden Norwood. They're comfortable with, you know, not having their linebackers and Chad Bailey and Tyron Hopper. Although Christian did say, like, yeah, it does hurt not having those guys because those are, you know, those are some leaders, not only team captain-wise, but just as far as calling the defense, helping with shifts and adjustments and all that stuff. But 
they've played without these guys for a quarter of the year in different parts. So not really. Uh, so Devin Brown is – look, he's not Justin Fields, but I think he's more mobile than Kyle McCord. Absolutely. Do If you're Blake Baker, are you thinking Tristan Newsom, I want to spy? Or is he? Do you think it's is that giving the running game a little too much? The quarterback run game a little too much respect. Um, spy. That may be an adjustment that happens. I think the game script, the first fifteen plays or whatever it may be, may help determine that and how quick he is. Because everybody acknowledges he's quicker than the core, uh, the Kyle McCord. He do some things out of the pocket. He's got a really strong arm. At least what I've seen from practice. Like he feels like he's throwing a baseball. Um, honestly, but uh, um, as far as uh, having a spy out there, I don't know early on. I mean, to be honest, I'm thinking they're trying to pressure him. They've got to see what he does when when he's got five or six or when he thinks he's got a pressure coming from a certain angle. Um, then they'll switch it up or whatever. But I don't know to start the game. Most important defensive player in this game for Missouri. I'll give you mine first. I, I would have said Drayden Norwood. I think it's Tristan Newsom because – if he plays the game he played against Florida with Travion Henderson on the other side, Missouri's in trouble. I mean, they just in trouble. If he plays the game he played against Arkansas, Missouri's in a lot. Right? Uh, wasn't that what his two starts basically were, were Florida and Arkansas or his two extended periods? And, and look, it was rough against Florida, no question. Came back and played really well. I think 14 tackles, SEC co-defensive player of the week against Arkansas. I think Ohio State will lean on Henderson and on on Dallin Hayden early. I, I think that he and Chuck Hicks have to play well in this game. That's that's about right. I don't. It's hard with this game. I mean, I'm inclined to say Darius Robinson just because you know pressure sacks or whatever. That's kind of the key. But I would really just say the whole defensive line. But if I was saying specific players, Tristan Newsom, Chuck Hicks, that was probably be it for the run game. Also. Cade Stover, like you said, admitted, like, I'm not really going to be 100%. I don't know how much I'm going to play. Whether it's him or somebody else, they can't basically have the game like they did versus Florida and let everything get behind them. They can stop the tight ends and kind of neutralize them. How Missouri knows that feeling of having a tight end neutralized, that gives them the advantage. So pass coverage for the linebackers as well as stopping the run, or you could say the defensive line and causing pressure. I'll be honest. I've kind of – I've, I've already I sent you my prediction for this game earlier today, and now, like through the course of talking about Ohio State's offense, I'm starting to think I'm not sure I've picked enough points in this game because I think like we were talking yesterday. You know, you were talking about pick your poison with Schrader, Burden, Brady Cook. I mean, Henderson, the Ohio State wide receivers, like and, and Devin Brown, they can move a little bit. I, this is. This is – I don't know if it's the best offense Missouri's faced. I think Georgia's probably is is a little bit better. But this is a pretty good offense. Thank LSU's, is, LSU's is definitely better. Uh, yeah, Kirby said – yeah, those are the two teams I think Kirby used – I mean, not Kirby, uh, Blake used to, to describe this offense. Like, it's up there with LSU and Georgia. Um, I feel like based off your prediction, not going to spoil it now, but, I mean, this is – it's a balanced score considering the defenses. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I've, it's probably gonna when I write when I actually write out the final preview. That's when I'll make my prediction because I don't know. I can make an argument either way. And everybody I've talked to, no one has. I haven't heard anybody saying a score that involves 
a team winning by more than Blow three out. points. Like yeah. it'd be close either way. So if there's a blowout, this 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 is gonna sound weird, I think. I think Missouri is more likely to blow out Ohio State than Ohio State is to blow out Missouri. First of all, because Missouri hadn't been blown out this year, but also because the only scenario in which I can see a blowout is Missouri just comes out guns blazing and takes like, say, a 17-0 lead early on or something, and Ohio State goes, yeah, we didn't care that much about this. Now we definitely don't care that much about it. You know, that's the only – and I don't think it's going to happen, but that's the only way I, I see a blowout happening in this game. I get what you're saying, but just based off being here and talking to the other reporters, the – the Buckeyes take this game a lot more serious than everybody else who's not a part of the locker room. And you can like, you can kind of sense yeah, but, it. But I guess my point is that can change after, like if the first quarter is a train wreck, that can kind of switch it out a little bit, you know? It could, but in a way I would also think for them, they're thinking, because again, most of the roster is going to, is available to play. So for them, yeah. it's kind of like, I need to get my, my money's worth in a way. So they may, if they're down 17, Oh, that what's coming back to them. Cause I hear them incrementally mention, you know, the team up North, you know, not being Michigan yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. They won't, they won't call them Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to ask what's behind that, but I'm afraid they're going to be like stupid reporter. Doesn't. Oh, <laughs> it's, no, it's the thing like they, they cross yeah. during Michigan week. The letter M is not anywhere in their building. Like yeah. they cross them out or pull them up. Yeah. I know it's crazy up there, but it, I don't know. Anyway, a lot of them are setting their goals, you know, for next year about beating Michigan and getting to the CFP and all that stuff. And they kind of think this game kind of starts that and a blowout loss to to Missouri. I know I'm not trying to dig down, you know, downplay Missouri, right. but at the same time, loss to Missouri, especially in a blowout fashion, that's not that's not part of the vision. So it will send you into the offseason with a bad taste for sure. Very, very bad taste. So um they know how important this game is the program you know talking about michigan it just occurred to me if missouri wears the block m helmets like ohio state could get confused they could think that's michigan i don't know if that would fire them up or if that would intimidate them since they haven't beaten michigan in three or like brian day might suddenly become a bad coach if he thinks it's michigan the only thing is i'm pretty sure those games are are close enough where you're not afraid you're not afraid of a person that you feel like you can compete right. with you're afraid of the guy you know you can't compete with right also, <laughs> so, also i don't think anybody's actually confusing missouri's block m with michigan's michigan's helmet is probably the most distinctive thing in college yeah it's the, it's the wolverine thing it's, it's a pretty cool helmet <laughs> i'm not gonna lie yeah so um all right so you you've gotten all the players you're gonna get for this week uh tomorrow afternoon you'll have one last kind of press conference in which Ryan Day and Eli Drinkwitz, I'm sure, will say the other one is awesome. They've done a great job. Their team is great. You know, I just hope we can stay on the field with them, all that. Uh, but the the thing about these bowl games, especially the ones that are played later and the ones that involve, you know, top 10 teams and all that, God, we, we just spend so long talking about them. You can talk yourself into absolutely anything. I mean, we've been breaking this game down for three weeks now. Yeah, um, which is why today my my goal was to like talk about Missouri stuff that's not about the game because right. I don't know. I can I can I could write about this game without any players or any coaches. To be honest, that's, right. that's how much I've been doing it. Um, <laughs> Jared said 
he just gave us for you know five dollars so we can donate to Gerard's detox from drinking the Ohio State Kool-Aid that he's been consuming <laughs> since yesterday. Listen, y'all, I'm, I'm trying to tell y'all this isn't I don't care either way who wins. I'm it's just not a walkover. To, yeah, I'm just trying to let y'all know that this is not an easy game like some of y'all going about it. But um, yeah, I think here's some interesting tidbits I got from talking to Blake. Um, big thing as far as why he decided to, you know, return and sign that contract extension was he likes simply he's happy, his family's happy in Colombia. They like Colombia. Like that scene, that was the first point he said he likes working, you know, with four or you know, however you want to put it, with Drinkwitz. Um, he just he likes them. Also, something I didn't know was uh him and Kirby Moore, apparently they're pretty close. Um, okay. and, but he, but he admitted that they're polar opposites. So it's interesting dynamic they have, but, uh, in a way it's kind of like they get to, not that, you know, their friendship would stop them from going to another job if they wanted to, but like, that's a, that's another cool thing. I asked Blake about the last couple of years, they've had a lot of returning guys on defense coming back. That was something that was like, you know, fans could look forward to, you know, what you got coming in, you know, coming back next year, they've got at least six starters at least six and we've got to figure out a couple more people who may you know uh go to the nfl or whatever that aren't going to be there and he says like he relishes the challenge actually seemed like he likes that a little bit more of now i've got to show this new group how to do this basically i get to teach new kids what to do so um those are just some interesting tidbits i got from blake Saw a couple of the pictures on Twitter. Got to say, respect Blake for just going with the the same gray hoodie, the same Mizzou hat on on media day. We ain't, we ain't getting fancy for this, man. It's just another just another business trip. To be honest, he I don't think he had on his cleats. You know, he wears cleats during practice. Oh so. right. <laughs> so uh, yeah, he's he's right at home. It's too close to it's 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 not close enough to game day yet. You can't you can't peak too soon in a week like this, man. You got to. Uh, maintain that energy right so um so yeah a couple days away uh again we will do this one more time uh tomorrow afternoon gerard is going to talk to ryan day and eli drinkwitz and then we will uh we'll hop on here one more time with you guys uh tomorrow shooting probably two o'clock something like that midday uh when it get done so gerard can can write and go uh go meet up with all y'all tomorrow night in dallas and then uh friday's game day Almost there, Gerard. Um, sorry, you're missing the snow, man. There's snow. It has been snowing here for about two, three hours. It's not sticking on the streets, but it is snowing. Uh, that's what I like to hear, not sticking to the streets. I don't got time yeah. to come back into a storm. I'm not looking <laughs> forward to that. All right, man. Well, we'll let you go. Uh, plenty of stuff coming on the site later today out of uh, out of uh, Gerard, so look for that. One last question. Connor's asking, expect Lathan Ransom not to play. Yeah, I think Ryan Day actually said that earlier in the week, is that Lathan Ransom is, is not expected to play. He's a safety, I think, for Ohio State. So I think he's out for this game um, injury-wise. But uh, Gerard, we'll let you get to it, man. Appreciate it, and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you again tomorrow. All right. See you all later. All right, Gerard Hamilton, live from AT&T Stadium in Dallas. Uh, appreciate him joining. Appreciate all you guys hanging out with us uh, here on a Wednesday afternoon, skipping the military bowl between Virginia Tech and uh, Tulane to come hang out with us. And our friends from Yingling always want to make sure to thank them again. Gerard's covered all week long from Dallas, brought to you by our friends at Yingling. 
the taste of game time and the oldest brewery in America. You can follow them at Yingling Beer on X and Instagram. If you come hang out, if you go hang out with Gerard on Friday night, going to have some Yingling specials at the Power Mizzou party pregame, night before the game. So uh, our, our friends from Yingling are helping us out there, helping us out here. Appreciate you guys being here. Talk to you tomorrow.